0: Hey, I'm Carrie. And I'm Jake. This is Love You Like Crazy, where we talk about YA stuff. Today, it's not a book. It's a TV show. We're
1: continuing our march through season one of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and this will be chapter three.
0: What's it called?
1: The Trial of Sabrina Spellman.
0: Ooh, you make it sound spooky. So I'm going to ask you to sort of take the lead, because even though I have seen this, I did not get a chance to rewatch and you watch today. So I know what happens. I'll remember what happens. Just need a little prompting.
1: Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, as you said, I did rewatch it today uh, and I did a Netflix party thing, which Ooh. Um, I posted about on Twitter and Facebook, our secret Facebook group. And Uh, My friend Steph, Stephanie Redacted, joined me, and um, she had a couple of things to say, which I'll sprinkle through the conversation.
0: Love it. Love it. Now, has she seen other episodes, or was this her first?
1: Uh, I think she watched the first two episodes earlier today.
0: Okay. So she was ready. Yes. Okay. Okay.
1: Um. So, I feel like there are a few different storylines here. Okay, this is what I want to say. Um so, one of the fun things about watching Riverdale is that it's uh, you know, it's just like there there are decisions that are made in Riverdale which are just like so bad and ill-chosen and dumb. <laughs> And it just I just love that. That's I live for that when I'm watching Riverdale.
0: You're like, what stupidity are these writers gonna come up with and how over the top is it going to be?
1: Yes. And this episode I felt like this was the first episode of Sabrina where I was like, I'm home. We're there. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure if we want to talk about that first or last or what. I feel like there are a few different plot lines. Um, So the first one is uh, Ambrose gets it on. He
0: sure does. And I was so happy that Ambrose got it on. But the thing about that is Ambrose is getting it on
1: with a teenager. Well, not necessarily. Uh, Not
0: necessarily. It could be a a young 20 something.
1: I mean, he said he, he claimed to be a warlock. So he could be
0: as old as Ambrose. Yeah. But then that guy was getting it on with the dead kid who was definitely not in his hundreds.
1: No, that's true. Because
0: he was adopted as a baby. So his his human non-witch parents would know a little if if suddenly he stopped aging. Yeah,
1: I guess it would be asking a bit much to think that he was a baby for 80 years or something.
0: Exactly. So that would be a really, really lame babyhood.
1: <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that plot line then since we're there already. And also because it's pretty short. Um, so there's the funeral of the dead kid. Mm-hmm. So Ambrose is sort of standing towards the back kind of surveying the situation. And this beautiful boy... Um, who reminds me of like a character from The Talented Mr. Ripley, is also sort of out there checking out the situation, and Ambrose is sort of. Did you know him well, Connor? Yeah, we did it a few times, but I'm sorry for your loss. I was gonna say pumping him for information. Uh, I don't know. Is that? I think he was he was pumping him for
0: information. He was also like trying to work the. You know what's up, right, Angle? Are
1: you saying you're familiar with iguanas like that? Yeah, and the, the other guy was totally giving him that, but they were also, like, very flirty. Because I have him upstairs in my room. If you wanted to say hi.
0: Very flirty. And so, like, first of all, your boyfriend just died. <laughs> And this is how you react. Okay. And also like the the iguana was there and like, we feel bad for the iguana.
1: <laughs> well, I think that that might've been my note about this actually is, uh, uh, there's a hot warlock there named Luke. Ambrose invites him up to his room to see his lizard.
0: Never go up to a man's room to see his lizard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the guy's like, Hey, uh, not right now, but maybe I'll come back later. And then... How did you get in here? You invited me earlier. Remember? So are you a vampire? No. I'm a warlock. Like Connor was. Like you are. And then they uh, make out. Hell yeah, they do. And then Ambrose wakes up the next morning. And what What does he see? Dead lizard. Dead lizard. Uh, phone number carved into the uh, ceiling.
0: Which of like... of course? Are you that sound a (laughs) sleeper? Where you don't hear anybody do like, come on. Like warlock or no, you notice when like the bed shifts a little bit.
1: Well I think Ambrose is um like he was sort of trying to find out information, but as soon as he was like, Oh wait, I can have sex, then that kind of flew out the window. Yeah. Which fair enough. Fair
0: enough, Ambrose You, you know you do what you got to do.
1: Uh the the iguana's dead and like not just dead but super dead. Like covered in flies dead.
0: It is already petrified and
1: <laughs> so do you think that this Luke character is who he says he is?
0: Well, I think this Luke character is a bad guy. Like I th- we we suspect that there is a witch hunter. Yes, because of the dead kid. And the dead kid uh, was obviously a witch. He had a witch's mark. And this guy was his boyfriend, but also maybe not and was not at all upset that his boyfriend is now, you know, an ex-boyfriend.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. This is an ex-perfect. Um that I think that he's probably the guy who killed him, and he's probably the witch hunter. Yeah, that's that's my hypothesis. You know, I I could be wrong. I don't think I am, but I could be wrong. Yeah,
1: uh, my feeling is that he probably killed the iguana. Although I fully expect the show never to bring that up, one way or another. I
0: don't think he killed the iguana. Okay, because if he was a familiar, which we suspect he was, then it says they die a painful death away from their person. Right. So I'm guessing he just died because his person died. If the guy killed the iguana, then it wasn't his familiar. And then we've got some issues.
1: Yeah. I want to point out something about that, which is that in the last episode that we recorded, you were like,
0: maybe we'll find the iguana. I don't know if you can talk to somebody else's familiar or be like, hey, familiar? I'm a witch. And then the familiar turns into a goblin again. I don't know how that
1: works. Maybe Salem can talk to it. I
0: don't know. I don't know how this goes. We'll find out.
1: And in this episode, they're like, can people talk to other people's familiars? Thought if I could get it to speak, maybe I could find out how Connor died.
0: You won't be able to. Familiars are bound to their witches.
1: Another minor plot line that wasn't there very much but was kind of interesting was uh harvey harvey's plot line
0: god he's the most oh i hate him oh really So stupid i just harvey is so dumb
1: uh tell me
0: and now i feel bad for him because like his dad is capital t capital w the worst yes but also i still hate him
1: yeah okay
0: he's still a dumbass. tell me more I, I, it's really hard to say like why he's a dumbass, but he's just like he's such a puppy dog about Sabrina. And I was like, okay, this needs to end you need to like grow a pair or whatever. But also his dad is a shit heel. He's got to go to the fucking mines now and that's fucking shit. And then also he sees Satan. So why are you seeing Satan? Is it just because Satan is going through you to get to Sabrina? Does, does Satan really give a shit about you? I don't think so, because you're nothing.
1: Uh, his brother, uh, you know, he has a protective older brother who played hide and seek with him and he got lost in the mines. This is something he, he tells Sabrina. Uh, and then he saw Satan, as he said, and then he remained in the mines for like four hours. It smelled like a, like a book of matches had been struck. Stone and
0: it terrified me.
1: I couldn't move, I couldn't breathe. I started to cry. I I was still crying when Tommy found me five hours later.
0: Like, of course, I would probably be crying the entire time, too, but that doesn't mean that as an outside observer, I can't hate him.
1: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So, my feeling is that there's a bit of a lost opportunity for Sabrina here that when he says, Oh yeah, I was down in the mines and I saw Satan that she could be like, Hey, I have an interesting coincidence to report.
0: Satan is totally real. He's after my ass in probably more ways than one. And, uh, let's run.
1: Um, yeah. So, uh, like I, I thought that his freak out when he was at the mines and, He was about to go in, but then he just couldn't. I thought that was pretty well acted. That's more or less all I have to say about that plot line, I think.
0: But what a plot line it is.
1: Oh, yeah. Satan. Satan?
0: It's what's for dinner. It
1: is. That and the iguana.
0: Completely non sequitur. So sorry about this. No, it's good. But what the fuck is with the plot line about the friend's eyeballs?
1: Oh, my God. Yes. So this, this is this is the stupid shit that where I was like, I texted you, and I'm like, Carrie, this is the stupidest episode. I love it. So, oh, God, so stupid. So um, here's the deal. So Sabrina's friend Roz, one of the members of Wicca, but not a witch, wants to do a book report about a book called uh, The Bluest Eye. By which is by Tony Morrison. That's a real book.
0: Yes, well aware. Thank you,
1: though. No, no. I'm explaining this to the audience.
0: <laughs> I hope our audience is semi-literate, but if they're not, there's this thing called books. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, have you read The Bluest Eye? I have. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the teacher uh, refuses to let her write a report on this book, saying that it's inappropriate. And she has a copy of the book with her when she's, like, describing this to Supremo. Uh And she's real mad, like... And and she suspects that books are being banned in the school. So they go to the library. um, And the library has a fireplace in it.
0: And a card catalog.
1: It does have a card catalog.
0: In what universe does a fucking... I don't even think they're millennials. What what generation are they? Because millennials are too old now. So, like, in what, in what universe are these, like, post-millennial kids using a card catalog? They don't know how to use a fucking card catalog. I barely remember how to use a card catalog.
1: But whatever. Steph, in our... Stephanie redacted in our watch along tonight, mm-hmm. uh, described the school as a muggle Hogwarts,
0: a muggle Hogwarts. Yes. Yes. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this.
1: That's something I, I expect. I will think whenever anything is set in school ever again, <laughs> I don't know if, if the Dewey decimal system is really taught that much anymore.
0: Well, it's still used in elementary middle and high school libraries like they still use dewey so i mean it is taught but also the other thing they're taking the cards out of the catalog instead of copying the information down on a scrap paper and that was driving me crazy i'm like in what university can you you just take the cards out of the card catalog and have that be okay with a librarian hell to the no
1: i didn't even think of that
0: not only are they using a card catalog, but they're taking the cards out and they're handing the librarian the cards and then the librarian's all like, you didn't hear this from me, but a few years back there was a a soft
1: purge of
0: bad books.
1: I thought it was an act of cowardice not to say what the books are.
0: I concur. They should have said what all the books are. I mean, we can suspect what the books are. For high school students high school library that might have certain books. I can suspect at least I don't know. I can probably guess 5 of them. Sure.
1: And they mentioned what did they mention? Uh oh, Lolita was one.
0: Yeah, and like really Lolita is a little nuanced for high school people. Not that they can't read it, not that they shouldn't read it. It's just that man, high school kids are going to get it wrong. It's true. <laughs> and so you're reading it and it's like you're you're not not gonna
1: yeah so there's that and so then uh wicca starts putting up posters around school saying hey these books are being banned this is wrong we need to petition the administration to stop banning books and principal Balky shows up i should actually say principal hawthorne because hawthorne um was one of the judges at the salem witch trials was named hawthorne uh, which just sounds like I'm being a dork and I am, but also is a little rev- relevant in another plot line that we're going to talk about later. Sure is. So anyway, so Hawthorne is like, Hey, I'm actually going to, I mean, he's a dick about it, but he says, I'm going to talk to the school committee about this and I'll have information about what we're going to do tomorrow.
0: Which again, I I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. But like. High school principals don't usually listen to their students. And so I feel like they were kind of like, yes, the situation sucks. They're also kind of being an asshole about it. And he was actually somewhat cool in his like, at least pretending to look into it Miss,
1: Yeah. I mean, I think he, I think in the end he was going to lobby for like he was going to play a stalling action i think he just wanted to get his case in first instead of having the kids go to the school committee and be like hey this is happening but i don't know uh whatever he's definitely a dick about how he says it
0: super dick he's a super dick about the whole thing but also i'm like eh, i'm not 100 percent mad at him also
1: this school is very strange (laughs) So you should not have a fireplace in the library. I'm just gonna say that again.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, this isn't fucking hogwarts, y'all. Yep. Yeah. This is real fire with real books that aren't magic to be like fireproof or something that we know of. Unlikely to be a good decision.
1: Smoke damage. Um so then a day passes and we come across Ra's just like sobbing covered in snot and stuff. It's real. Yeah.
0: She, yeah, it's real pretty, Yeah, real pretty.
1: And so she's like, the principal said that he talked to the school committee and they're going to like discuss it. And they're going to come to a decision in three months. And her friends are like, well, you know, I mean, that's not like a complete victory, but it means we're still in the fight. Like this is, sort of good news? And Roz is like, yeah, no, I know it's good news, but- I know. Three
0: months is not that long.
1: Roz, what's going on?
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm always trying to do what my dad said. Pray, and face it bravely. It's a solution for everything.
1: The prayer's not gonna stop it. Stop what?
0: Myopic atrophy. Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) Yes. Dr. Spector says that uh, in about three months, maybe less, The ugliest, thickest glasses in the world aren't going to stop me from going totally blind. Exactly the same amount of time it would take for the school board to render their decision. (laughs) No, I even counted how many books I could realistically read before it's too late. That's why every single one is important. Exactly. Like, to the minute. Like, they're going to, like, Put the gavel down and say, yes, we allow this book. And at that moment, her eyesight is
1: gone. But it's stupid because she says, like, I've been thinking about how many books I can read in three months and, like, calculating it down. And now, so every book makes a difference to me now. But she has the book. She has it. We saw her. She had a copy in her hand.
0: The other problem is. Yes. Books still exist when you're blind. Homegirl j- just needs to get a fucking audible account
1: yes but
0: the thing, again that's beside the point like I totally understand like I prefer to read books like I like being able to see pages and et cetera, et cetera. but it's not that you're not gonna be able to experience the stories and read it now why are you complaining about the bluest eye when you can just be reading the bluest eye right now
1: so do the writers like go to a list of banned books and just Try to find one that had the word eye in it?
0: Yeah, but they didn't go for the the weirdest ones, but yes, I think
1: so. (laughs) Well, (laughs) uh, you mean like uh, Oedipus Rex or something? (laughs) And as soon as he had
0: put out both his eyes, he kind of wished he hadn't.
1: And he cried out to anyone who would listen. My eyes, my eyes. Now, what am I gonna do for eyes?
0: Yeah, it's not a good book. I don't recommend it. It's called "Story of the Eye." It's by Georges Bataille.
1: What's What's that one's deal?
0: Let's see. What um, this is This is what Wikipedia says. It was written as a psychoanalytical task that details the increasingly bizarre sexual perversions of a pair of teenage lovers it is so fucked up
1: so the way that this one ends is Roz is in the bathroom looking in the mirror and her eyes turn black which we are led to believe is because miss wardwell is you know doing evil demon stuff to her and sabrina shows up and like leads her out and takes her to some classroom or other, where it turns out that Wicca, led by Miss Wardwell, has started a secret band book club. And uh, the first book that they're going to read is The Bluest Eye. And Miss Wardwell says,
0: We're going to have such great fun reading all those juicy forbidden novels that they don't want us to. I've got quite a list. A little something for
1: each of you. And that apparently is an evil plan that will lead to Sabrina losing all of her friends and wanting to just join the uh, Invisible University or whatever it's called and leave the mortal world. Is that about right?
0: Something like that. I mean, also, we're assuming that. I mean, I'm assuming and maybe I'm wrong, is that Roz's eyes are fixed.
1: Oh. Yeah, I kind of wonder, like... Can't Sabrina fix her eyes? Maybe not.
0: Maybe not. Well, she still hasn't gone to the Dark University or whatever. So she's still like, she's a witch, but she doesn't have like all the spells and all the powers and all the stuff that she would learn.
1: Yeah. But I feel like she could get help from Hilda or um, Ambrose or something, maybe.
0: Maybe. But she also hasn't asked that we know of because, you know, Sabrina is a one woman show who won't talk to anybody about anything, and then finds herself in Delightful Pickles.
1: You know, again, I feel like she could talk to Harvey. I mean, he's he's a dummy, but...
0: He's a dummy, but he would probably listen to her at this point because, holy shit, he saw the devil in the mines. There's one, like... Major plot line.
1: The last plot line.
0: The last plot line or the major plot line is, of course, the, the the title of this episode, which is.
1: The Trial of Sabrina Spellman.
0: Yes. So Sabrina goes to trial.
1: Just to back up. Yes. To the very beginning of the episode. So the, the last episode ended with uh, Sabrina's principal turning into the devil and threatening her. And this one opens with her running out of the principal's office, down the hall into the bathroom and throwing up. And the bathroom looked I mean that's like the closest thing to my actual high school bathroom that I that I feel like the school has had in terms of realism. Yeah. So she goes home and she she's told that they've received a summons and that she's going to be put on trial for breach of something. You know what? Breach of promise. Means, Miss Bowman.
0: It's when you make a promise and then break it, which I categorically did not do. It's most commonly invoked when a groom runs out on a
1: bride he's promised to wed. I only mention that because, well, were you and the dark Lord not courting in advance of your dark baptism? And further, her aunts are also on trial because they're her legal guardians. And for the duration of the trial, they, they're, Magical abilities have been revoked, which means that all the spells that they use to keep themselves young are gone and they will start to age. That doesn't really happen too much until the very end, though.
0: Not too much, but still. Everybody's got a secret in this episode. Like, everybody's keeping secrets from everybody. And Zelda and Hilda are keeping secrets from each other and from Sabrina. Sabrina's keeping secrets from everybody. Roz is keeping secrets. Harvey's... Everyone's keeping fucking secrets. Mm -hmm. What was Hilda's big secret?
1: Hilda's big secret is that she baptized Sabrina in a Catholic church.
0: Sure did. What's Zelda's big secret?
1: That she baptized Sabrina... um, Or not baptized, but uh, witnessed a contract giving... Sabrina over to the devil uh, that her father assigned.
0: So Sabrina's parents are also keeping secrets from each other because neither of them told the other about the the baptisms, the these like emergency baptisms. So Sabrina's mother felt the need to get her baptized emergency style at the fucking Catholic church with Hilda. And Hilda was down with it. And then Zelda had to, like, run off to the fucking demon book with the dad and get that shit taken care of. But no, no, nobody's talking. Nobody's
1: talking. I do kind of wonder, though, if this was planned out by Sabrina's parents. <sighs> so that God, question mark, has the primary claim on her soul. But uh, I may be wrong about that.
0: Well, I, th- I think the parents, I mean... So when the parents died, they were on their way to the Vatican. Right. So there had to be a reason that they were going to the Vatican together. It's not that it was just the mother going or just the father going. They were both going together to the Vatican without Sabrina. So obviously they know something, whatever that might be. But I don't know if they knew about the dual baptism thing. Or maybe they did. But still, nobody told anybody else about it.
1: Nope. That's for damn sure. Um, so they go to the trial or no, wait. So Sabrina is like, I never agreed to anything. This whole thing is bullshit. Is there some way I can fight it? And Am- Ambrose, why does Ambrose know about this? Who knows?
0: Ambrose has been around for a long fucking time.
1: Yeah. So who does Ambrose suggest going to? Well,
0: he suggests, uh, the only person he's ever known who's beaten the devil.
1: Daniel Webster. Daniel Webster. <laughs> Daniel goddamn Webster. Actual historical figure, Daniel Webster. Lives in Greendale. Except he died in 1852.
0: And his daughter, who is dead, does not look like she died in 1851.
1: Yeah, no. Like, clearly, it's not based on the real Daniel Webster, who... I know a stupid amount of not just because I read the Wikipedia entry, although partly because I read the Wikipedia entry earlier. Uh, but yeah, like he was a member of the House of Representatives, he was a member of the Senate, he was Secretary of State stayed under three different presidents. Uh ran for president as a Whig, didn't get nominated. His last words were, I still live. Which
0: Um Yep. you
1: don't (laughs) I wouldn't mind those being my last words like you know it's nice to let people go on a laugh Um, and then of course there was a short story written about him called the devil and Daniel Webster yes in which uh, you know Satan is just going to take uh, uh, possession of someone's soul Daniel Webster argues a man isn't a piece of property Mr. Stone is an American citizen Uh, An American citizen cannot be forced into the service of a foreign prince. We fought England for that in 1812, and we'll fight all hell for it again. Um, Which is kind of similar to an argument that this version of Daniel Webster makes. Also, the judge in The Devil and Daniel Webster was John Hawthorne, who was a judge in the Salem Witch Trials, which is why I brought that up earlier. Um, Yeah, so Daniel Webster, uh, completely different from the historical one. Just that really stuck in my craw for some reason.
0: (laughs) But the Daniel Webster in the story, The Devil and Daniel Webster, that Daniel Webster is also a lawyer. Yes. And this Daniel Webster is a lawyer who won a case against the devil in the past. And so now Sabrina has been hipped to his presence, just happens to be in her town by her cousin Ambrose. So Ambrose is like, you know, hey, BT Dubs, this is dude, Daniel, you might want to check him out. And he, she's like, yeah, sure. So she goes to his house. And he lives in a, you know, very small little house and um, he lets her in. And it's dark and there's piles of paper everywhere. And um, he agrees to represent her.
1: Eventually. First, he te- he basically tells her to fuck off. Reach a promise. That's tricky. Well, good luck to you. So, this is something that Steph pointed out, which now that I have heard her point this out, I can no longer unknow it. She pointed out that uh, the actor who plays Daniel Webster. With
0: all due respect, madam. I'm well versed in witch law Oh, I know exactly who you are
1: He sounds a lot like um, Maurice LaMarche Imitating Orson Welles Are you familiar with this impersonation?
0: I am not
1: uh, Let me text you this
0: I appreciate that
1: Yes, rosebud frozen peas Full of country goodness and green penis Wait, that's terrible I quit
0: <laughs> What? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So the deal that he'd made with, with with the devil was to be the best lawyer in the world. And oh, he became the best lawyer. He lost no cases. Of course, the cases that he was winning were like the worst of the worst. Because of course, you know, you don't actually win a deal with the devil. The devil's always got a hook. Yeah. And so he was getting all these murderers off scot-free. Until one of those murderers came and murdered his daughter. And so now he has all these nightmares about his daughter. Daddy? Why did you let me die, Daddy? It hurt so much. You done fucked up, Daddy. It's like, no, I'm haunted. So now he's going to help Sabrina to help him uh, soothe his haunted soul.
1: And in the cases that we saw where his daughter was haunting him it was actually wardwell
0: but still he's being haunted whether it's wardwell or not i mean someone is coming to him looking like the daughter and is fucking his shit up so he says yes and so like like wardwell is basically like driving him to be sabrina's lawyer yeah and so wardwell again is not very good at her job because her whole job is to like deliver sabrina onto satan and like get to get it on with the dark lord like that's all she wants is to you know pork satan
1: she's also pretty flirty with faustus blackwood
0: yeah she'll really bone down with anything that's gonna you know make her more evil but she's also not very good at her like manipulation because you'd think you know she would do something to keep Daniel away from Sabrina but instead she just drives him right to her and it sort of seems like other things that Wardwell has done to try to drive Sabrina like to the 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 baptism she's fucking it up
1: royally I agree none of her plans make a whole lot of sense to me they're
0: bad and she's bad at them
1: like what are these books that she's gonna assign in the book club that are gonna drive Sabrina apart from her friends like what what could that even be?
0: What could possibly do that?
1: Chicken soup for the soul.
0: So your friend is a witch? <laughs>
1: Yours is better.
0: <laughs> so the the trial exists and people are being called up to the stands and the jurors are these weird potato things.
1: There are guards who are dressed up like in skimpy leather outfits and are have ma- masks on like Bane from the... Uh,
0: Bane movies?
1: The Dark Knight's <laughs> Rises or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's all very silly.
1: It's great. Disorder in the heart.
0: What, what are you asking for? Do you want them to get louder or do you want them to, to stop because um, instructions are not clear?
1: Is this like uh, Bizarro from Superman where like they say the opposite of what they want or are they actually... Do they actually want disorder or what's going on?
0: Praise Satan. I don't know.
1: Praise Satan. Um, The yeah. other thing I like about the trial is that it appears to take place in 15 minute increments over the course of three days.
0: Which is which is perfect.
1: <laughs> Just like they they show up, they make an argument some and then like somebody shows up Uh, on the first day. It's Daniel Webster on the second day. I think it's zelda maybe i forget and then the third day it's hilda and then just everyone then the trial apparently is just over for a little while and everyone goes outside to talk things over uh it's real it's real dumb it's fun
0: it's super dumb and i don't know the whole i don't know it's a very very strange episode
1: can i say another thing about this about uh this like zelda so as i said like zelda doesn't really noticeably age for most of it. And then suddenly her hair goes white.
0: Well, well, what do you mean? Cause I mean, they don't age cause they're, they're not really aging and they don't start aging until the trial or at least until the charge. Oh, okay. Cause the charge, when she gets charged with breach of promise for fleeing the dark baptism, it also says like until this is done and until which court is over Uh, where you're guilty until proven innocent, that's when the aunts are also stripped of their powers. Didn't
1: Hilda lose a tooth earlier, though?
0: She might have, but I think it was like, oh, here's the letter that states that you've been charged, and this stuff has already started. We've already been stripped of our powers and also, you know, Hilda was just murdered. Well, there is that. So, I mean, she's she she's just growing all of her teeth back, and
1: but then she later does some magic to get the uh, birth documents back.
0: True. She's been stripped of her powers. How can she do? How can she do magic? What the fuck? You're saying that this brilliantly crafted television show has holes? I
1: yeah. I I, I mean I I say that, but now that you put it into words like that i know i have to be wrong it must make sense somehow
0: it must make sense somehow uh
1: anyway i i really liked zelda's outfit when she was stripped of her powers like she has the headscarf on and she's got dark glasses on and i thought that was fantastic
0: she was going full gray gardens and i appreciated it So Blackwood basically says, okay, Sabrina, you can apologize. You can just apologize and we're good. Everything's great, except you're going to burn for 333 years.
1: That seems fair.
0: And uh, Sabrina's like, nah, dog. Like, I'm not going to do that. So then Blackwood, you know, does the victim blaming bullshit and, you know, can't believe you were dressed for a wedding and you did not consummate your relationship. And that's when it comes out that like everyone did all this shit to her without her getting to make any decisions.
1: This is when Zelda reveals that the contract was signed. Because Sabrina's like, I didn't agree to anything. But then it turns out that her father signed her over uh when she was three days old.
0: And that was like basically because if he was allowed to marry her mother at this expense of his future child's soul. Homeboy should have just gotten a fucking vasectomy. What? He said, homeboy should have just gotten a fucking vasectomy. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'll totally give you my firstborn child. Snip, 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 snip.
1: I don't know. I feel like Satan could uh, reverse a vasectomy. He is the lord of evil, after all.
0: He is the lord of evil.
1: Um. So do you think, so I was not sure if that meant that Sabrina was, you know, like, if they got married, you know, days before Sabrina was born, or?
0: No, they got married. They got married before. So
1: it's like a firstborn child sort of thing. I think so. Yeah, that makes sense to me as well. And
0: who knows? It could have been an only, you know, all of your children. But yes, they had to promise Satan their child's signature. And even though your parents signed on your behalf, somehow that's still legally binding and that's bullshit, but whatever. So
1: at this point, um, Daniel Webster, the great 19th century orator, um, I just can't let it go, man. <laughs> uh, he, he makes the argument. Was Sabrina born of mortal woman? She was. Yes. yes. Making her half witch, half mortal. And therefore only half subject to the laws of this court. And she should be trialed in a mortal court. Um, This is the parallel to the thing from the Devil and Daniel Webster that I mentioned earlier uh, where a similar argument is made. Um, And so Blackwood says, yeah, okay, fine. If you want to be tried in a mortal court, let's go over what is considered proof of witchcraft in a mortal court. We could try to drown her and see if she floats or not. Or we can search her for a witch's mark, which is a sort of a birthmark. um, And which involves having her stripped naked in front of the court, which is basically the entire coven.
0: And the potatoes.
1: Yes, and the potatoes. That's true. That's a good point.
0: You'd have to be stripped naked not only in front of the whole coven, not only in front of... Blackwood who is like all about her. Like you know he wants to go to Pound Town. But it, the potatoes it's just like that's a lot of nudity. Yeah. And so she's like okay, well, let me go have my boyfriend check my nudity body.
1: So that scene the scene so where they where she is out walking with Harvey. This is after this is a later scene from the one where he tells her that he's seen the devil. Um and she's like, uh, so I'm supposedly all the Spellman's have a birthmark and it's really important for me to find out if I have it or not. So will you search my body for it? And, um, and she starts taking her top off. And I felt like the look on his face was like, I don't, what do I do in this situation? I feel like this is wrong. You know what? I'm just not going to question it. Um, <laughs> and uh you know i i don't necessarily know that i would have handled that situation differently (laughs) (laughs) i was never in exactly that situation in high school (laughs) but uh you know
0: what your girlfriend never came up to you and said can you search my body to check to see if i have a witch's mark
1: uh you know thinking back on it it wasn't it's it's not like that would have been a total shock had that happened, but it never did. <laughs> uh, alas. Alas.
0: Yeah. So he gets to see her in the nudie pants and checks, and she seems to have no birthmark.
1: So the other note I would like to make about this search is like, she's like, look, look me over and see if I have a birthmark. And then he starts like touching her. And I'm like, Look with your eyes, dude.
0: <laughs> also, you're not checking her scalp. Also true. And you know there's going to be something under there. But we whatever.
1: So she's like, okay, no, I don't have a witch's mark. I'm going to de- take that deal. And Zelda is like... I want
0: to be stripped and, and pawed. I've had worse done to me. And Zelda's like, yeah, okay. Okay, whatevs. So then Blackwood's like, okay, let's strip you down in front of everyone. And like, Hilda... Comes out with her thing.
1: Another surprise witness.
0: Another surprise witness. Another
1: secret baptism.
0: Another secret baptism.
1: And like two days after Sabrina was born, she was baptized as a ca- Catholic. Um. So this particular plot turn didn't remind me of The Devil and Daniel Webster. Uh. You know what it did remind me of? Tell me. The Devil and Homer Simpson, where um, Marge has a picture from the her wedding day with Homer. That says... Dear Marge, you have given me your hand in marriage. All I can give you in return is my soul, which I pledge to you forever. And noted murderer Lizzie Borden delivers the verdict. We've heard enough, Your Honor. We find that Homer Simpson's soul is legally the property of Marge Simpson and not of the devil. Oh. Is that
0: the Forbidden Donut episode?
1: That is the Forbidden Donut episode, yes. Yes! Yes! And so then uh, Blackwood, you know, starts to give some kind of rant, and Sabrina goes up and calls out the devil, which is like a super baller move that I totally appreciated. Mm-hmm. And then a literal door to hell opens up <laughs> in the floor
0: because, of course, the courtroom, the Coven courtroom, is going to have a a, a stairway to hell. Yes,
1: uh, and-, and and
0: the best thing was okay, so everything looks like fucking ancient as balls, except that bulkhead looked like it was made out of goddamn styrofoam it was so bad It's like okay so the door to hell opened up and like i don't know maybe chunks of it flew off or something it was it it looked very very shoddy and very poorly made but daniel goes down as does uh
1: blackwood and then they come up and the deal that's been struck is that sabrina gets to keep her mortal life but she also has to go to uh, the Unseen University.
0: And she also has to attend weekly Black Mass. Yeah,
1: that seems like bullshit. Nobody attends weekly Black Mass. You can't tell me that.
0: No, I mean, you go on high holidays and that's it. Um, Full powers are restored to the family. Hilda's not doing so hot,
1: though. Right, Hilda's... Uh, so there's a... The phone rings. Zelda Zelda talks to whoever it is, presumably. She goes into the bedroom where she and Hilda share a bed. Which...
0: Whatever, y'all. I'm not going to yuck their yum, but they've got enough rooms in that house.
1: Okay, so I feel like Zelda is some... So we get to see a little bit of this earlier when Zelda goes up and kind of flirts with Blackwood.
0: Please, Faustus. Sabrina made a foolish, impetuous mistake. Couldn't we settle this between
1: ourselves? You, me, the Dark Lord? And I feel like Zelda is... Someone who will, like, she's kind of the opposite of someone who will talk behind your back. Like, she will say mean things to you, but then also, like, defend you as best she can when you're not looking.
0: So, basically, I can fuck with her, but you can't fuck with her? Yeah. Okay.
1: And especially, like, when she's feeling guilty... She's never going to admit that she's guilty, but she will. Whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say.
0: I think I'm I think i I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's okay. I'm
1: basically making excuses for why I like this character, who is kind of a terrible person.
0: She's terrible, <laughs> but I, I don't dislike her either. I think she's like, there's something about her. She's got a lot of charisma. Yeah. I'm afraid of her, but I also like, I'm digging her vibe. <laughs> yeah. She takes no prisoners, she gives no fucks, and she'll murder her sister if she feels like
1: it. Uh, again, not something we recommend to our listeners at home or to my sister. <laughs> yeah, so she goes and she tells to Hilda, you've been excommunicated from the dark church or whatever it's called. Um, and Hilda's like, wait, they can do that? And she's like, yeah, you know.
0: They can kind of do anything.
1: They could kind of do anything. And also, you went to a Christian church and baptized a child. Like, what did you think they were going to do?
0: Be grateful. Excommunication is all that's being done to you.
1: I guess that's why I was talking about that earlier. Is I kind of wondered if Zelda made an argument to someone about maybe, like, don't just kill Hilda because that's my job.
0: You know, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised with that. I think she's definitely the type who would... Yeah, like, she's not nice to, to Hilda, but she'd probably kill her more kindly
1: (laughs) yeah i mean a quick death i suppose shovel to the head
0: than 333 years in a burning pit but now hilda doesn't have any powers so if zelda kills her like she's dead for good yeah
1: i mean it seems like that should be the case but i i wonder if it is i guess we'll find out
0: we'll find out
1: oh uh before that um Sabrina invited Webster back to the house to celebrate. He declined and wandered off through the CGI uh, fog. I thought he was going to be killed. So far, we haven't seen that. But
0: we'll see him again.
1: And then when we do, we will be unable to put it out of our head that he sounds like Maurice LaMarche imitating Orson Welles. Yes, they're alive. But I have gone to a better place. A place filled with Mrs. Pell's fish sticks. Yes. Oh, yes. They're even better when you're dead. Oh, and there are a couple of cases where uh, Blackwood and Wardwell sort of confront each other in this sort of oozily, flirty way. Um, And basically, it just seems like they're trying to blame each other for their failure to get Sabrina into the fold.
0: If they stopped being so fucking manipulative and creepy and made, like, everything about the dark side be, like, super cool, she'd probably have already gone. But no, they have to be fucking creepy and weird about it. Why are you making things so hard? You'd be like, everything about the Unseen Arts Academy is super cool, like, everybody there is hot, and uh, all the dudes look like Harvey, and like, they can fucking make shit up. She'd be like, okay, dopey-dopey-dope. And then That'd be the end of
1: that. The planet of Harvey's. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Everybody just kind of like dumbing around. I
1: mean, I guess if there are six of them, that makes checking someone for witch marks a lot quicker and more efficient. Huh. Uh, anyway, Um. yeah, I, th- I feel like uh, Hell's management structure is maybe a little too top-down for its own good.
0: Yeah, and just like the minions are bumbling, and it's just... It's it. It's a problem.
1: It's a problem. Uh, they need a management consultant. and you would think that they'd all be in hell anyway.
0: Alas, so that's that's episode three of Sabrina. I'm sorry I didn't take any notes this time, uh, but I will for next time. I promise, because my notes always crack me up, <laughs> even if they don't crack other people up.
1: Let me look and see if I wrote anything funny. Um, not really. Uh. Oh yeah, disorder in the court. You mentioned that—that
0: that was really, honestly, my my favorite thing in the whole wide world.
1: Disorder in the court. Yes, yes, that's exactly the level of silly this this TV show should be. Um, Salem meows in the gra- graveyard, which I think is all we see of them. Salem has to pay off pretty soon. There has to be something with Salem soon.
0: I hope so because, like, Salem is such an important part of. Everything and Salem's gotta know some shit. Yeah. Now waiting for Salem to spill the beans. I mean, if Salem doesn't talk, fine. Whatever. Salem doesn't need to talk, although he can talk because you know he did say, "Hey, you called me in the woods. I totally heard you. Here I am." La di da, and also said, "My name is Salem." BT dubs. So like he can talk, and he's been watching shit, and we know that. But but he doesn't seem to be reporting, so he's not doing a very good job.
1: Yeah, I know. And you just want more cat.
0: I really need more tackle. I mean, Salem.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about it for uh, Sabrina. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Chapter 3. The Trial of Sabrina Spellman. It's been some stuff. Uh, This... I mean, I think the last episode might have been better, but I this is my favorite so far.
0: I enjoyed it for its ridiculousity, and it just—it was so bad. Like I was watching it, and I enjoy the fuck out of it. Like I like the show, I like the aesthetic of the show. I love the outfits in the show. Like love. Like am considering like all of Sabrina's like wardrobe. Like is going to be my wardrobe moving forward. I don't know how I'm going to manage it, but whatever, I'm going to do it. Magic magic but it's bad it's so enjoyable but it's bad it's like i i don't know like how to describe it's terrible it's like okay you know those like terrible candy bars that kids sell to raise money for school oh yeah and they're not good sure but they're Delicious in their in their garbage. Yes, that's what this show is to me. It is, it is a too expensive fundraising candy bar. I enjoy it. I kind of don't want to enjoy it, and I wish I hadn't spent the money on it in the first place. But I'm in it, and I'm I'm doing it.
1: I'm in there with you.
0: There you go. That's how I feel about Sabrina is that it is a fundraising chocolate bar.
1: All right. Well, very cool. So in a couple of weeks, you'll get another episode of us talking about Riverdale from 2017. Uh, and then after that, we'll be doing episode four, which I haven't looked up the title of.
0: Me neither. So I bet it's uh, super awesome. Let me let me look it up. All right. Let me look it up. Let's see. Okay. It is called. Is that really what it's called? Is that really what it's fucking called?
1: Uh alright, now I have to look this up.
0: Oh. Okay, it's called Witch Academy. She arrives at the Academy of Unseen Arts at Witch Academy. Okay. So that's where we're heading next, I guess. That that's gonna be a thing.
1: I guess we'll find out about the Weird Sisters more stuff.
0: Can't wait. Okay. All right. Anyway, I will talk to you soon. Yes. And this is Love Yell Like Crazy. Love Yell Like Crazy. I don't know what the fuck we call it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, I love Yell Like Crazy too, (laughs) Gary. Give me a call when you get back. Hey there. Hey. Hey. (laughs) com. The Trial of Sabrina Spellman. Ooh, you make it sound spooky. Yeah. Uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. It's just like I wanted to say things and then I'm like, wait, it's kind of too late to talk about this episode. We already recorded an hour about it. You
0: can always patch it in there somewhere. <laughs>